this is Richard Epcar, the voice of the Joker. You're listening to the Long Box Crusade. What's in your long box? <laughs> You're listening to the Long Box Crusade podcast, episode 15, featuring Silver Age Flash, number one, from July 2000, a part of the JLMA 2018 podcast crossover event. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the Longbox Crusade, a podcast where each episode a random date and year is chosen and then an issue is selected from the over 20 plus longboxes collected over the last 40 years and stashed away in my basement. Then each host will bring an issue from their longbox from that random date and year to find out what's in your longbox. Each episode we will summarize, review, and reminisce about the issues, ads, and events of that time period. But... This is a very special Longbox Crusade. We are part of the JL May 2018 podcast crossover. So I'm going to ask Jared to give a little background on that. Well, thanks, Pat. JL May, like you said, is a crossover event that's going across 12 different podcasts. We're going episode by episode. If you follow along through the different podcasts, you'll be following along through this entire Maxi series from 2000, the Silver Age Maxi series. I think Mark Wade was the guy behind that that whole series. It all starts in Justice's First Dawn, so check out that podcast for the very first episode, and then it goes from podcast to podcast. So if you're listening to this one, the one that came right before us was the Waiting for Doom podcast. So you're going to want the Waiting for Doom podcast. If you haven't checked that out and you're interested in this crossover, they're the ones that came before us. If you want to start from the very beginning with the very first one, go check out Justice's First Dawn, and then they'll tell you the podcast flow and get you down in the proper order. There will be a, a different podcast picking up the next issue after us, and we'll let you know what that is at the end of today's episode. Thanks, Jared, for that overview everything. of... For everything you do. <laughs> yeah, well, not everything you do, but... <laughs> He does it for you. <laughs> uh, we do want to give a big thanks to Paul Hicks as well from the Waiting for Doom for inviting us to be a part of this podcast crossover event. Thank yeah, you, Paul. Yeah. Thanks, Paul. This is all Paul's brainchild. I should have mentioned that in my recap. But, yep, good work on that, Paul. Good on you, Paul. Yep. I was a listener last year, and now I'm so excited to be a part of it right now. So this event this year. So thank you, Paul. Well, I'm your host, Pat Sampson, and with me is Jared Albrick, the yard sale artist. Bad. The prescription for danger. Death probe rising. There we go. I'm happy to be here. You know I love being on the show more than any other show that I'm on. And these are my favorite <laughs> podcasters to podcast with. I bet you you say that to all the podcasts. Here, yeah, I was going to say, can you go ahead and yeah. clip that out and send it to me? And then I'll listen. <laughs> <laughs> No, you guys, you guys uh, Longbox Crusade is my favorite podcast. <laughs> you guys you are the Longbox Crusade. Hey, <laughs> you guys Insert know your podcast my, name here. You guys are my favorite crew. No slide on anybody else, but this is where it all started with me and my homeboy Pat. So I'm happy to be back. Ooh. Who else is on the show today, Pat? Well, we have your brother Jason Albrecht, the Weasel Skull. I come from the land down under. <laughs> I think this Paul Hicks. Oh, sorry. I'm just in the spirit. I'm in the spirit right now. Got a Vegemite sandwich right and here. He probably oh, just turned us off. Yeah, he probably just turned us off now, too. 
No, I'm happy to I'm be sure here. That's probably like the first time you've heard that one. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, your your originality is just uh, unbelievable. I can I, I can do it as Mary Jane if you want. I will do it. I will okay, do whatever do I have to do. I'll make. Do I, it, I will do say it. it. Do it. Make them feel it. Make them believe it. Do it. Do it. I got to hear it in Mary Jane now. <laughs> really? Seriously? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you asked. Peter, I come to the end of the day. <laughs> oh, thank you, Mary Jane. Oh, Not and, that, <laughs> speaking of Delvin, we have Delvin Williams, the dark web. How you doing, I'm not even going to. I'm just going to bow out. You know, you win by forfeit. And you would have won even had I tried. <laughs> Good to be here, Pat. Great to always have you guys with me. As always, I enjoy doing the crusade that we do. Let's go ahead and see what current crusade everybody is on right now. So let's start with Jared. Well, thank you, Pat. I am on a crusade to draw lots of things. I know that I say that a lot. Got a new comic book coming down. If those of you who haven't, you need to go check out Hamilton vs. Burr, Werewolf Tale. I plug it on almost every show. Available on Kindle. Thanks for my first review, Delvin. You're the man. No, you are. Ah, you're too kind. Uh, but that's available on Kindle, or you can get them off of... I'm also selling them on eBay, where a portion of the proceeds goes to the Christopher Reeve Paralysis Foundation. So once again, that's Hamilton versus Burr. That's available. Now we're working on our next fun monster comic <laughs> book. I'm inking that, whilst I'm also inking another comic over at White Rocket for Van Allen Plexico. So lots of ink going on. That's my quest right now. Or my... Very I'm good. sorry, let me use the proper terminology. My crusade. All right, very good. And Jason, how about your current crusade? My brother Deathbird there has enlisted me to write one of his upcoming comic books, which is turning out to be one heck of a crusade. Turns out it's hard to do when you have ADD, I guess. But uh, but I'm plugging along on that. And uh, the other crusade I'm I'm working on that kind of goes along with our Honor Majesty's Secret podcast, where we talk about James Bond. Uh, it's been brought to my attention that I can't be a James Bond expert until I've read all of the Fleming books. So I just finished. Moonraker. I'm plugging my way through those. That's my other crusade. That's a fun Delvin. crusade. Yep, yep, it is a it is a fun crusade. You may have to repeat that. I you lost me. I I, I just spaced out after AHHD or ADHD. <laughs> I, I didn't really understand what you were saying there. <laughs> I started thinking about squirrels. And- yeah, I know. Yeah, that's what happens <laughs> to me too. <laughs> oh, very good. And let's see what crusade are you on, Delvin? Man, gotta think about a crusade and stuff yeah. I'm doing. How about jujitsu? I, I seem to That's be cool. doing that quite uh, a, a bit recently. I just found out that like my uh, main instructor of my school, Steve, uh, is a part of this thing called Geese for GIs, which apparently it oh. is just bringing jujitsu or people who have you know are veterans together. And I saw that, and I'm like, and normally on weekends, you know, I don't do too much or I try and rest, but I almost feel compelled to want to do this because I, it's a good thing to want to give back, I think, in general. But to be a veteran, I think it's a good thing and almost a mandatory thing that you have to give back in some way to uh, other veterans. So it looks like I'm going to be uh, doing some more jujitsu this weekend. <laughs> That's cool. Oh, yeah, it, it is. I mean, that is it's, it's definitely not a complaint. I mean, the byproduct of it, dropping weight, which is what I've been wanting to do. And uh, I'm sore every night. <laughs> <laughs> so there are good things and and uh and and there are bad things but it's just but it's it's really just a part of the grind of 
learning a martial art. You know, Jared's into his actual art. And I'm sure when he started, you know, that he is not or he was not as good as he is today. And that's kind of my hope two years from now is that I'm going to be a better martial artist than I am today. So that's my crusade. I'm going to fight him in two years just to find out. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Jared Albrecht. This is Jack. (laughs) <laughs> I was gonna say Delvin's looking pretty jacked these yeah, days, yeah. man. It's like he's looking like he's from Wakanda and stuff. <laughs> I'm doing a salute. Hey, there we go. We maybe one of the maybe the next next con we get to, we all together at down the road, we can have a big battle off. You know, sweep the leg. I'll be on the side saying sweep the leg. I like how you're gonna be on the side on that. <laughs> he's smart. He's smart. You know, second place, be no the ring ma- off the team. Someone's gotta be the ringmaster. <laughs> <laughs> I also like how Del was like, I got to get something back to the troops and do something wholesome. And I was like, go buy my comic. <laughs> yeah, I look like a jack. You are not. I mean, you, you said that a part of it is going to the Christopher Reeve Foundation, yes. who you are a enormous fan of. Thank you. I feel better now. We can. We can. Yeah, really. I'm the only one that's not doing anything worthwhile. <laughs> yeah, you are. You're writing, our next, you're writing our next comic. But what I, I want to know. I want to know what Pat's doing. Pat, what's your crusade? Well, let me yeah. tell you what my crusade is. And I think it's a very well worthwhile thing that I'm doing. You've inspired me, and so has Jason, to start writing my own comic book. And I, and Jared, you've inspired me just by the comic book that you came out with. So my comic book that I'm coming out with is called Millie versus Vanilli, the lip sync story. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Sign me up. So it's a battle between lip sync Sign me up. I'm, I'm there. That. I'm reading that comic. No, no, no. I, I, I can't. I'm not that good at that. So, just, hey, uh, just don't forget my number, man. Baby, 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 you know, back in the day, I got a I got a smooth Millie Vanilli mix that I made. It was like about 18 minutes long. I mixed a lot of their songs together in a you know no mixtape on a DJ cassette tape that I have. I call it the yeah you know, yeah. Back in the day, that's what I did. Millie Vanilli was a pretty dang good group. I mean, oh yeah. Who knows why the heck they decided to put these two dudes in front of it? But because they look good, they were models. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, because it because it takes two jerks to be Millie Vanilli. That was. On, uh, in living color, color? yeah, <laughs> I believe because you know I tell a lot of stories on this show, but I believe I'm not mistaken. My brother saw Millie Vanilli live when we lived in Germany, and I believe my brother remarked to me at one point, "They don't really sound like they do." <laughs> <laughs> That's true. My, yeah. my wife saw them. Yeah, they were coming to a bunch of clubs and stuff back when when we were uh, when Dad was stationed in Germany, and I was going to high school there in Fulda. Yeah, some some of my my friends in high school and I went and saw them and, and there were some smaller venues too and then of course when their their album came out like we all bought it we all had it and I was like this doesn't sound like <laughs> quite like what we heard That's but you funny. know we just kind of we kind of chalked it up to bad acoustics or whatever <laughs> yeah but uh, yeah the funny was, part is those guys had some musical talent they did they really did <laughs> oh, the old Billy Vanilli show what are you gonna do yeah. blame it on the rain blame it on the rain. Let's hold it. Blame it on the stars. Let's hold it. But whatever you do, don't put the blame on you. 
Blame it on the rain. Yeah, yeah. I'll be here all week. Millie Vanilli, the sweet sounds. <laughs> Next on the Millie Vanilli podcast hour. <laughs> Oh, yeah, we're talking about comics. Let's talk about comics. Oh, yeah. With that, then, let's get into it. So we invite you to be a part of the show by submitting your comments and memories, which will be read later on in the show. All links and pictures for this episode are in the show notes, which can be found at the website longboxcrusade.com. Please add the podcast to your favorite podcast feed or on iTunes. You can also follow the podcast on Facebook or Twitter by the handle at longboxcrusade. We hope you come along with us on this crusade to find out what's in your long box. Now, before we get started with this episode's issues, let's take a quick podcast promo break from a friend of the show, and we will be right back. It's JL May. We're covering the Silver Age. This JL May, a comic event from Mark Wade. We're crossovering a podcast. There's 12 of us involved. Get it in your ear holes, this JL May. We'll tell you all. Silver Age It's not great But it's okay We really have to warn you It has a controversial one Where Mark Miller wrote the lead But it also has some good stuff Detox style age metal of the unknown Green Lantern Flash Patrol of Doom The Seven Soldiers of Victory I'll live there too The annual JLMA event is upon us once more 2018 we're reading The Silver Age from 2001 The journey begins in the podcast Justice's First Dawn and continues in the shows Relatively Geeky Coffee and Comics Supermates, Waiting for Doom, Idlehead of Diablo, The Longbox Crusade, The Lantern Cast, Batgirls are Oracle, Comic Reflections, Cosmic Treadmill, The Fire and Water Podcast. Do you know it's This mine.
Welcome back from the break. Now let's get started with the show with the first segment called What's in Your Long Box? So let's find out what's in Jared's long box for July of 2000. All right, all right. I pulled out Deadpool, issue number 42. This is back when the creative team was Herdling Calafiore, I think is how, I think it's Jim Calafiore. I believe the inks were by McKenna. Mike, I think it's Mike McKenna? Yeah, I think so. Uh, This issue uh, is issue number 42, Deadpool. For those of you who are crossovers to G.I. Joe fans, you will particularly enjoy this issue. It is Deadpool's silent issue. Just like the G.I. Joe, I believe it was 21, that Mm -hmm. Larry Hama did a silent issue. It it, it mocks the cover of it. It's got got Deadpool in that same pose as Snake Eyes was in on that cover. And uh, he's he's spraying bugs with bug spray. Basically, that's what the issue is about. It's kind of a quick aside story from their main storyline where he retells the tale and silent fashion there's no dialogue or anything like that the time he had to go up in battle and track down i believe the villain was humbug it was like this super lame insect based villain <laughs> and it, it, it's a it's a uh, rather comical tale my favorite part of it just cutting to the chase he had it narrowed down to three suspects who he thought it was and it was really funny when he would go and find the wrong ones and start beating them up and then real, realizing the funny different ways that he would realize that it wasn't actually humbug which my favorite one was the second one. Uh, he actually goes to this guy's college professor class and starts wailing on him. And it's like the college professor is a black dude and Humbug is obviously a white guy. So you're like, why did you? It's the silliness. There's a there's a ton of uh, of just comical silliness in it. So that's really uh, what was going on. Deadpool just kind of a throwaway, fun, funny issue of Deadpool that, that mocked that silent that silent episode of, of uh, G.I. Joe. See, I always thought Deadpool was a good opposite of Snake Eyes. He or, does have a snake. Yeah. Yeah. I always thought he had kind of a snake eyes vibe when I would see him. You know, he's got swords and just like snake eyes. Well, he's had a lot of different vibes, of course. I mean, you know, he was modeled after Deathstroke. Mm, I didn't know that. Yeah. Rob Liefeld directly mocked him after Deathstroke. Deadpool. Deathstroke. Uh, Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. So that's what was going on in Deadpool back in 2000, which is I was collecting it at the time and uh, and and enjoying it. It was a fun story. I'm gonna have to pretend like I knew that because <laughs> it seems so obvious now. <laughs> I never put that together. I think the only other Deadpool that I have is in the earlier uh, 90s. Was it around there with the was it a two shot or a one shot or something like that? I can't remember. It was like it was a mini story that was all Deadpool. Oh, like his first little mini series yeah, yeah say that yeah. came out in like 93 i think i know yeah, i know what you're talking about yeah. yeah it was called i think something like the circle chase or something like that and i think joe mad is the one who drew it actually in my hand now i'm holding my deadpool action figure from way back then look that i'm talking about the circle chase yeah it was uh, back in 1993 man we okay. pieced it together team I'm there you go we got the year. Delvin got the title. Pat gave All us right. the lead. Jason, come on, man. Get in the game. What are you here for, Jason? What I, the hell, I got man? nothing. I got nothing. <laughs> I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> well, anything else on the Deadpool? Oh, good. Any questions about Deadpool since I read it this week in preparation for the show? All right. So if nobody's got anything on Deadpool, Delvin, what'd you bring to the party, man? Well, I'm going to pick something along the same lines, but I'm going to go over to DC Universe. Impulse 62 came out in July 2000. And at the time, Impulse was being written by Todd DeZago, and it was being penciled by Ethan Van Skyver, who just draws fantastic stuff. 
The inker is Barbara Kahlberg. Color is Rick Taylor. Letterer Janice Chiang. The very, very, very quick plot of the book is it was a storyline called Mercury Falling. The book centered around Bart Allen, who was the original Impulse. And his mentor was a senior speedster by the name of Max Mercury. So the plot of this book and the plot of this storyline was Max has lost his connection to the speed force and it's killing him. They enlisted the help of a Dr. Morlow, and they're looking for a way to reconnect him while there's still time. I wish that I could say that I read the book in preparation for the podcast, but, you know, I'm going to be an honest dark web, and I did not. But I did pull this from uh, my collection list that I do have, and I'm kind of interested in it because I remember at the time, Impulse was never one of those main books uh, of the uh, DC universe. But I guess it was kind of seen as a kid book, maybe. But when you put some somebody like Ethan Van Skyver, that was that was like his first foray into the whole Flash universe. He brought a kind of seriousness to the book. I think he started maybe with Impulse 50, and he drew it for like several issues after that, and it just every one of his books. Books were just beautifully drawn uh, and, and definitely brought a little bit of attention to the book. Excellent. Yeah, I, I have that issue and I have read that series and it's super good. I, I'm a big fan of the coming of age books. Um, I think that's why I, I like New Warriors so much, the original one. And I like Impulse and uh, Young Justice as well, which was, I think, uh, coming out at the same time, too. And Young Justice had the original Superboy and it had Tim Drake Robin and it had Impulse as well. They're the main three stars of the book. And that was just just a fun coming-of-age book as well. Oh, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. What was the difference between Impulse and Kid Flash? Oh, man, you're going to make my head hurt answering that. I was going to say, I can take it if you don't remember, but uh, as I do remember, but it's your book, so... Help, man. Impulse was from the future, if I'm not mistaken. Like the distant (laughs) future, he was a Flash out of time that somehow got stuck in our time. And it's kind of funny how they predicted the future because of so much technology in the future. He was real impulsive, hence the name. Uh, He was real kind of scatterbrained and couldn't focus like massive ADD type of deal. Basically, it was their commentary that, you know, in the future, kids are going to get so plugged into technology and things are going to be so fast, they're going to want everything immediately. So imagine a kid like that who has Flash powers. And they were like, well, what do we do with this kid? And he kind of got parented by... By Max Mercury, like yep. uh, like Delvin said. And the Allens, I think he lived with the Allens for a long time as well. Side note, to my knowledge, the only Alabama-based superhero, he lived in Birmingham, here in Alabama. And, did he? Uh, he did. Oh, got some and good barbecue. I wrote a letter once, and, and I asked him, I said, hey, if you're going to have him live in Birmingham, and you want to write your character in Alabama, they really need to have picked a side between our two college teams here, because that's very much a thing in the state between Alabama and Auburn. And I said, since I'm the first person who wrote in to bring this up, I would like him to be an Auburn fan, because that's where I went to college. And uh, they never wrote me back, so that's the end of that story. <laughs> <laughs> Although I did have a letter published in Impulse. It was the first comic I ever had a letter published in. But unfortunately, it was not that letter. Oh, Oh, no. Well, they didn't want to alienate any Bama fans, I guess. They can't read. Buzz, what the pictures are for. Uh, Comics are for everybody, Jared. Comics are for everybody. I know. I, I just realized, especially that, if you're trying to sell some. I just remember that our good, strong listener, Kirk. He's he's an Alabama fan, so I take it all back, Kirk. I take it all back. Do I have to? We, we love you, Kirk. Yes, yes, it's Kirk, man. Dang you it! Take it back. I, I take it back too. All right, you win this round, Kirk. So that's cool. I like you. I'm glad you brought up Impulse. I'm a little. I get a little fired up about it. it was one of my favorite I, you know, books. 
from back. I didn't know a lot. I don't know a lot about Impulse, so I'm fascinated about that one. So I might have well, to. I, there's, there's. I'll, I'll add one other tidbit. I remember in issue fifty of Impulse, he teamed up with Batman, and of course, yes. you know, Bat, Batman being, you know, all regimented and you must follow my lead and do everything I say. You know, I had to team up with Impulse, who was very much impulsive and all that. And Batman was the one who named Impulse, and oh. and towards oh. the end of that book, Impulse asked him, you know, why did you name me Impulse? And he's like, I really didn't mean it to be your name. I meant it as a warning. Mm. And it's like, ooh. Oh. Oh. <laughs> All right. Getting schooled by the Dark Knight. So, yeah. I, I do remember that much, but Impulse. Good good pick, man. I'm glad you brought yeah. that up. I like remembering that. That was a good book. Yeah, it's kind of timely here with our comic for tonight, too. Yeah, right. definitely. Flash-oriented. Flash well done, though. Very well Thanks, done. Sir. Speaking of our featured comic, let's go ahead and get into that. Today's adventure from the long box is The Silver Age Flash, number one, cover dated July of 2000. Let's get to some of the credits, and the credits here is always provided by our very loved Mike's Amazing World of Comics website. So we have the publisher is DC, got a cover date of July 2000, a non-sale date of actual May 17 of 2000, with a cover price of $2.50. The editor was Dan Raspeller. I love this part Raspeller. <laughs> Uh, I didn't look. Uh, Let's see. Uh, uh, Raspler. Raspler. Okay. Raspler. And this is why they have me do the credits. <laughs> it's a fun game. The writer is Brian Michael Augustine. Augustine. Yeah, Augustine. Sure. Let's do that. I always do said that? Augustine, but I, I, Augustine? It might be, I might be Augustine. I never thought of it. Otherwise, uh, artist is Ty Templeton. Letterer, Ken Lopez. Colorist, Carla Feeney. I'm pretty good. I got those pretty good. Yeah, you're, you're on a roll right now. We're going to look at the cover, and the cover credits go to penciler is Carmine Infantino. Infantino. And inker goes to Mark Farmer. So let's take a look at the cover. Jason, go ahead and give us a description of the cover. Okay, Pat. This is a Silver Age flavored cover with the flash and it's iconic looking like it's an emotion pose. Top left, you have the old school DC Comics publications. And then across the top, it says, here it is, an all new tale from the Silver Age. And then you have the approved by the Comics Code Authority on the upper right corner. And just below that, you have the date of... Of July 2000, issue number one, and its price is 250 cents. The picture on the cover, centered on the cover, is the Flash, and he's punching elongated man with his left hand, while in his right hand, he's holding up the lifeless body of Kid Flash. And the Flash is saying, I've had enough of you two. From now on, the Flash works alone. And then there's a couple text box here. It says, unbelievable. Shock follows shock when Kid Flash and Elongated Man combine super forces to battle. And then there's a little wanted poster kind of in the bottom right. It says, The Flash, the fastest crook alive. Wanted, $1 million reward. And then the background is blue, and you've got like a little, I don't know if that's the moon or the sun. And in the very background, you can see the city, and it looks like it's on fire. And standing on a bunch of what looks like $100 bills scattered on the ground is The Flash. That's about it. We'll talk about the cover, and Jared, I'm sure you probably have some things to add with your artistic eyes so why don't i toss it over to you oh put me on spot 
Good job. The only thing that jumps out at me is, you know, they're obviously playing sort of kitschy with doing a 50s, 60s, you know, Silver Age era Clash cover. They got Carmine Infantino to do it. So the art is in that 50s, 60s style. Back like when Julie Schwartz was editing these books and he loved doing these. A lot of blurbs and words on the cover that Jason just covered. <laughs> they did a great job of making it a very Silver Agey cover. Other than that, I don't have a lot to add. I'd, I'd be interested to see what Delvin has to say about it. I think you two covered it. I don't have anything else to add. Well, no, one other thing. For some reason, I thought the action was a little bit still on the cover, which is weird, you know, considering that it's Flash. I got more from the words. So the words actually attracted me to the story. I was like, oh, okay, what's going on here where Flash is turning his back, you know, on his two allies. So the words did more for me than the actual artwork on this cover. And that's kind of a first. That where you at? What sticks out to me, I like the Flash, the logo. It goes back to that oh, older... old school logo. Yeah, cool. I like that logo. It looks very flashy. <laughs> I like it too, yeah. It looks like it's in motion, you know? Yeah. Which is, yeah. Which is kind of, yeah, which is kind of funny because like Delvin said, the Flash on the cover looks almost statuesque in comparison. Yeah, true. I do like the colors that are used as well too. That pops pretty good. A lot of different contrasts going on there with Flash being red and the blue background. That really stands out to me. When Elongated Man, I really don't know a lot about him now that the Flash and he's on the TV series now is starting to understand a little bit more about him. I'm kind of interested on that to see, read something with Elongated Man in it and Kid Flash. I really wasn't a Kid Flash fan at all. So even though while I took him, took on the mantle later, later on, I'm a Barry guy. I don't know what house everybody is in. You, you, you're Wally, you a Barry. I collected Flash for some time. And when I collected Flash, Wally West was the Flash. And Barry Allen was dead. Same here. So I'm a Wally guy, but just because pretty much my entire Flash collection was the Wally years. Okay. I'm a Barry guy. Speaking of which, the Flash Rebirth series that brought Barry Allen back to the universe uh, with the art drawn by Ethan Van Skyver. Absolutely. It was was an absolutely phenomenal series. Mm -hmm. I've just been a Barry guy from older issues that I had as a younger kid that I can remember it was Barry. Um, And then also from the TV show, the original TV show. John Wesley Ship. Yep. Uh, He was Barry as well, too, so... But and and I didn't really read any of the the Wally, so I guess that's why my Flash is Barry. But I, I want to get into reading more of the Wally. I do have the Jeff Johns omnibuses that I need to get through, so we'll get through that sometime too. So that might be something that will come up. Just as a but, quick aside about that, you mentioned the John Wesley ship that is still wildly popular. I have that a, series. That yeah, that whole series, like it is still in the public consciousness. As I did a John Wesley ship drawing of the Flash, like I have a print that I did of very much in the style of the Wesley ship, and I kind of thought, eh, nobody's really going to get this, and people love it. As soon as people see it, they go, "Oh, the John Wesley ship Flash," and I'm like, "Man, I kind of, I kind of thought it was a forgotten thing, but it's, it's not." And I, I, li- I like the show when it was on, and that was one of the ones that I. Oh, I was a regular. I was viewer. like the same time. Yeah, that, yeah. Um, Sliders was on, and so, uh, so was that. I think wasn't it? 1990. That's when Flash came out. Yeah, when was Sliders? I remember. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. Too expensive. But yeah, it, I it, guess. the fans are still there. I couldn't believe it. I kind of thought I drew that picture for myself. Kind of. I do that sometimes. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I think this is cool, and then nobody wants it. But man, people like that John Wesley ship. Man, he still got it. And I, I do like what they did in the newer TV series of having him show up again. I was like, oh, I, that's the Flash. Yeah, as the dad. That's so so cool. Great catch. Yeah, good tie-in. I love that. Good to see. Well, anybody have anything else on the cover? 
Yes, sir. I think we're good. All right. Well, then let's get into the two stories. There are two stories in this issue. So what we're going to do is we're going to cover the first story. We're going to then talk about it. Then we'll cover the second story. And then we'll talk about that one just to keep them kind of separate. So with that, Jason, go ahead and give us that first story synopsis. I will do, Pat. This 2000 classic was written by Brian Augustin, and it had two retro Flash tales set in the Silver Age. So I'll talk about the first tale first here. In the first story, the Flash's big day, the Scarlet Speedster matches wits against his nemesis, the Turtle. When Central City dedicates a special day to their speedy champion, the Flash, humbly and somewhat embarrassed, agrees to be the guest of honor. Little does he suspect, however, that it is his old foe, the Turtle, who has convinced the city to throw this celebration. While the Flash is surrounded by adoring fans, the Turtle is slowly and methodically perpetrating a one-man crime spree against the city. Our hero can only watch impotently as the dastardly Turtle robs stores and banks while the Flash cannot break free of his adoring fans. The Crimson Crusader uses some quick thinking and convinces the crowd to make a path when he states that the turtle is an actor, and if they will stand aside, he will give them a demonstration. A desperate turtle fires into the crowd to distract the Flash, who uses a super speed to catch the bullets and save the civilian. Hoping to use the element of surprise to escape, it is the turtle who is surprised when the crowd realizes that this is no act and assists the Flash in tackling the villain. In the end, a thoroughly whooped turtle pleads to our hero to take him to jail. And those are the facts, Jack. Back to you, Pat. Let's go ahead and see what we thought about this story. So we'll go ahead and start with Jared. Oh, okay. This story was a lot of fun because it's a totally a 60s throwback. You know, they say on the cover, it's Silver Age. They went all in on a Silver Age kind of story, which is lightweight kind of throwaway. And I'm not saying all Silver Age stories are lightweight and throwaway, but it kind of has that vibe. They kind of were. Yeah, and there there were. There were some good storylines back then, but there was a lot of lightweight throwaway because, you know, comics were sort of this thing that you spent a few cents on, you read it, and you literally threw it away. But they did a great job of sort of recreating that. So it was fun. It had a fun vibe to it. If I want to play Negative Nancy, I've never been a big fan of Turtle. I think it's like a silly idea that this guy who goes slow... Can be a guy who goes fast. Goes fast. <laughs> and, you know, let's be honest, it's a little silly that, oh, I can't get to him because there's so many people. Like, if only <sighs> some, some quick way I could get around these you, people. You ain't just whistling over there, Jared. <laughs> <laughs> but I cut up the slack because they were obviously doing that Silver Age vibe where it's a little goofy. And, and I'll cut it a ton of slack because I, I love Ty Templeton's art and he, he nailed it on this issue. So those are my broad brush thoughts. Delvin, you were already chiming in, so you wanna you wanna toss in on your thoughts there? <laughs> yeah, I would be remiss to Wizard Magazine if I didn't say Mort! <clears throat> <laughs> Throwing out a Mort. Good God. As soon as I saw the turtle, I'm like, no, I'm not reading. <laughs> yeah. I am not reading a comic book with the freaking turtle. <sighs> <sighs> okay. <laughs> Collect yourself. <laughs> Whew. All right. Carrying on. Uh, it was cool to see Green Lantern and a Flash. You know, they had, you know, just their little um, talking. I thought that was kind of cool. You know, a little old school team up there. <laughs> I, Jared already covered it. But what I mean, I, I got to page four and I saw people blocking the Flash. Like, I can't get by. Like, <laughs> 
What possible power could he use? To get <laughs> if only there were a way that he could quickly get around people. He could literally run around the freaking world and come out <laughs> on the other side. Ugh. So you're not buying this is what I'm hearing you say here, Delvin. <laughs> that, that would be accurate. That would be accurate, Jason. I, I was moving on. It was funny that when Flash finally did get his hands on Turtle, he whooped his butt. <laughs> like, just gratuitously so. Like, dang, Flash. One, one punch could have done it. It's like, nah, let's hit him about 300 times. Just, just to be sure. And at last, it was funny that at the end, like, the two characters it looked like Turtle was getting beat up by was uh, Doc Ock and Aunt May. <laughs> I didn't notice that. <laughs> oh, With the umbrella and the freaking Doc Ock cut. I just thought that was funny. It's particularly oh, given... Yeah recent crusader chronicles that we've done other than that ty templeton's artwork aces i loved it very easy and clean uh, and the colors too all, all of that helped definitely give it that silver age classic feel jason what do you think Oh, I agree with with you both on a lot of this. I guess if I had to sum it up, I'd say, you know, sometimes you just can't go home again. (laughs) You know, it's, (laughs) you know, I get what they were trying to do. The Silver Age vibe was kind of cool. I thought it was a clever idea with the turtle, but you're right. I mean, the the fact that Flash couldn't figure out how to navigate through that crowd was, you had to suspend your disbelief quite a bit. The one thing that I found a little jarring was when the turtle says, well, I'm going to murder some people in this crowd, you know, or fire some bullets and maybe murder some people in this crowd in order to distract the Flash and make my getaway. I was like, well, that's a little you know, that's a little jarring. Changing you know, pace I, I, there. Yeah, I'm trying to put myself in the Silver Age frame, and then it's like, oh, okay, mass murder is a is a distraction. And also thought about it, and I was like, well, how long would it take? You know, he fires those bullets in order for the Flash to save everybody. That would happen in a fraction of a second. So how much of a head start is he really getting? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's like... Well, that bothered me quite a bit. One thing I will say that I liked about it was at the end there when the crowd realizes what's going on and they come to the aid of the Flash and they they band together and fight the bad guy. I've always liked that about the Flash, much like Superman. He brings out the best in people. And I think the story shows that unites people together in a way that other characters don't necessarily do. So so I thought that element was captured really nice in, in the story. So I'll end it on a good note and pass it over to Pat. All right. Well, thanks, Jason. My thoughts on this is I enjoyed the story. It was, like you guys said, a little kooky, but uh, that is what a Silver Age to me reminds me of. I don't think I've read anything with a turtle in it. So there's a reason. Okay. <laughs> don't start now. <laughs> Oh, and like Delvin said, I do. I really like that one page with him talking to Hal. Hal's my other guy. Uh, my you got you got Batman, Superman, Green Lantern. I'm a Green Lantern fan, so I love Hal. In fact, my wedding ring has an emerald in it because I wanted it to have. I wanted to have a green ring on my finger. Classy. That's very cool. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah, that's that's pretty baller, Pat. Pieces well, of Pat you. revealed. I like. Yeah, it. as as time goes by, you find these little secrets of a Pat <laughs> that I like to share with people. Anyway, but uh, Hell's Hell's a, I always enjoyed Hell. There's just something about Hell that I like, and the Flash. Seeing those two interact together, that had me on that page. Like you guys said, you know, come on, you're the you're the Flash. Why can't you get past a crowd of people? That goes to me. That's one of those. Come on, man. 
<laughs> Moments. Here's the flash. Do Maybe something. We should, we should start having it as a regular yeah. feature. What's the come on, man moment of this issue? Yeah. With a yard sale. Come on, man. Yeah, there we go. Maybe we're going to do that. <laughs> I remember like on our one of our recent Chronicles, remember Nightcrawler was trapped inside of a bubble. That was yeah. hilarious. <laughs> How the hell do I get out of this bubble? Come on, yard man. Sale. Come, come on, man. man. <laughs> All right. Well, that's what we'll do. So I guess this holds the come on, man moment for... <laughs> this episode or this issue i like how they had the he's on this float and he's waving to everybody and then you have the other villains around captain cold boomerang some of the other flash villain around and they're supposed to fake act like they're fighting and (laughs) yeah that's funny but then how he finally gets to tackle and and takes out turtle and you see in one of the panels the turtle's kind of spinning on his back with his feet and his legs in the air. <laughs> <laughs> That's that was pretty funny. Yeah. Let's see. And then when the crowd takes him out, I like that as well, too, where they you can tell that the love the crowd and, and the town has for the Flash. And I think that's pretty cool. One of those, you know, a superhero character that has the crowd behind him where they're not either hiding from it or, you know, like, oh, no, please don't do it for me. Uh, you know, he embraces it. You know, he, I think that's really good. I, that's a, that's being a superhero to me is embracing that they want to celebrate what they have. Uh, one thing that Jason didn't mention was the last page where it comes back to like several days later. Uh, you see Barry and Iris walking and they're I think they're heading towards a sh- show or something. And then Barry's kind of freaked out because he didn't want to you know be in the public. And so then a, a girl starts yelling like, hey, hey they're so and so. And he thinks they're coming after him because he. he they think they found out who he was but really what they're going to is there's some free uh, outside celebrity that's there for the show and that celebrity's name that says appearing tonight only martin ricky <laughs> and that's nice. how you know this was written in 2000 yeah nice. <laughs> like oh i'm like martin ricky and i oh ricky martin ah <laughs> living la vida boy, loca boy this time. <laughs> somehow that somehow boy, i missed that too oh goodness so maybe there's a reason jason did leave that out. i don't know Yes, yes, there is a reason. Outside, inside, out. Oh, man. My Puerto Rican wife, I had to go through that phase heavily. She, she's actually seen him in concert. Why? I, I, I don't know. He sings better than I do. That's all I'll say. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. He <laughs> was huge in 2000. I mean, it wasn't really my cup of tea, but, but yeah. uh, you know, you can't deny he had his moment in time. I, I would have smiled had you said you like your cup of horchata. <laughs> <laughs> I like horchata now. <laughs> oh, it was good. Good job, Delvin. Well, that's uh, it. Why don't we go ahead and talk about the art, the story art? And I think Jared oh, I, and I Jason already did a little dipped into it. Um, nice. Do you have anything else to add, Jared, on the art? I mean, uh, I, my part, great. I loved it. The art yeah. was great. Yeah, he, Ty Templeton is in top form here. And I just want to steal from something that Delvin mentioned. I think it was Delvin mentioned. Real bold coloring. They really got the that sort of that bold 60s coloring as well. So it really, really mm-hmm. amped up Ty's, what Ty had going on. But yeah, I was so excited to talk to talk about it. I talked about it in an earlier segment. But yeah, Ty's, Ty's killing it and the colors look great. Delvin, how about you? Anything more on the art? No, I actually just, I did just enjoy, I, th- I think I've seen Ty Templeton before. It may be cover art or something. And I, I did like his art. I'm a big fan of good artwork, especially when you're trying to do this period piece like they did. And Ty Templeton, 
Jason's artwork definitely fit the bill, I thought. What about you, Jason? Uh, I agree with everything you folks said. I think that the, the art looks very crisp. It's The coloring is bright and vibrant. I really like the layouts, how they laid it out. The action flows and pulls your eye across the page. I kind of like how they... If you look at page seven, where he's punching the turtle there in the bottom, I, I like how they have like the four kind of skinny panels up top, but how the, the images kind of break out of the of the frame a little bit. Kind of looks like brings the comic to life a little bit more. But yeah, I think it's overall the art's very solid. What are your thoughts, Pat? Well, I agree, too. I love the art. The color also makes it pop. I think I like talking about the panel layout when you look at it. They kind of keep it basic, that silver agey panel-y inside the panels, but they do pop it out just, you know, not over much like has been done in the later years. Yeah, but just enough, yeah. Just enough, yeah, just enough that when you mention that, I start looking through it again right now, and I'm like, yeah, he's got a point there that it's just enough to make it really look good. Very nicely drawn and laid out story on this. With that, why don't we get get into Jared's part of the show where he likes to ask people. Ah, yes, Pat. I do love to ask the team here if you could have any page from this story to put in a frame and hang on your wall. You found the original art which one do you think you would hang on your wall? And Pat, let's let you go first this time. You ain't got to go first a lot tonight. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think I, I, I kinda, I'm just kidding. I, 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 I'm going to bet I know which which page <laughs> that the Pat picks. Oh, let's bring it, Pat. Which one do you like? I bet I know. Yeah, I think I probably tipped my page or <laughs> my hat already. I'm gonna go with, with Green Lantern and Barry talking. That's that's my page. Did you got Not it? Bad at all. You guessed that, it, Jason. Yep, that's the one I thought. Yep. Oh yeah. yeah. Having it colored that way too, just with the green and the red. Oh man, that's my page. It that's was brave. Page. It was bold. You'd say it was brave and bold. I, I, you could. You could. With just a little touch of spice. <laughs> that spicy, well, bold flavor. Well, Jason, you're good at predicting Pat's page, so reveal what your page is. I'm going to go with that page seven that I talked about. I thought that was really a crisp page with a lot of action, good action pose of the flash on the bottom quarter of the page there, punching out turtle. I think that's my favorite, page seven. I'll jump in, in front of Delvin, but I'm just going to say my piece because I have the same one. So same, same on that. All right. That's my page too. Delvin? I didn't have a pick, and when I went through quickly to look to find one, I came across page seven. And I thought it was, you know, it, it was same cool. Much. And then just that bottom half of the Flash very, you know, they're showing off his powers and like going into that really cool punch. That was cool. That's a good page. Big, big bang. Yep. I think we did nail down the two best pages. I like, it's always nice to see him with the Green Lantern. And then of course an action shot is always good. And I'm kind of surprised no one picked page one because it's a nice big one shot, but it's not a lot of action going on. But Yeah, uh, I know. Yeah, that page is just, yeah. Good to, yeah, a lot of good stuff to choose from because Ty is in strong form here. Good choices to all. Pat, you want to drive us down memory lane? Sure. Let's go ahead and take a quick ride down memory lane and see if, does this bring back any memories to you guys for either the Silver Age, for the year 2000, with that Ricky Martin? <laughs> Are you guys living the living the Vida Loca in the Silver Age on this? Delvin? Let's see. Do I have any Silver Age memories? Mostly not. But I mean, but of course, you have to remember, you know, the time that I came into comic books and that was about the 90s. Now, of course, 
I think if I had to choose what era to come in between <laughs> the Silver Age, which produced timeless characters and timeless stories, and the 90s, which produced <laughs> triple, double, <laughs> extra stamp gatefold, I'd probably choose Silver Age. But uh, it is cool seeing a Barry Allen story because, as we discussed, I, I, I kind of get to see why people fell in love with the character of the Flash, who is... I mean, you you could uh, you could really think that the dude would be a, a like has a pretty awesome power and everything like that. It'd be very cocky, and he's not. He's not. He's a very down to earth hero, uh, and that's and that's cool. So I, I did enjoy that. Very good, Jason. How about you? I've told this story before, but it bears repeating. When I was a kid growing up, my mom thought that DC stood for dollar comics. So she thought all the DC comics cost a dollar and she wouldn't pay that. So, <laughs> so, so I only got the Marvel ones. So I, you know, I saw Flash on the rack and stuff like that, but I never really got to read them. But I do remember one time that, and I don't know where they came from, but I got, I scored some mini comics and they were a bunch of origin comics of like, Superman, Batman, and The Flash was one of them. And I, I was, I, gosh, I must have been like maybe six or seven years old. But I, I, I remember reading through the comic and really liking, I liked the fact because it told the origin story and I like the fact that the Flash was a, a crime scene investigator basically and, and the chemicals and working in the lab and I thought that guy's pretty cool you know and that's something that's always latched on to me so I, maybe that's why I like Barry Allen so much I really like his uh, police gig day job combined with his superhero alter ego I really enjoyed both his Barry Allen character and the Flash character so so that's it you know not, not a lot of I don't have a lot of deep history on the flash but i do remember really enjoying that mini comic very good jared how about you i don't remember this maxi series at all which is weird because i was heavily collecting comics in 2000 mm. so somehow this got completely by me but i decided for my memory to say, to say what was going on to maybe quasi related in 2000 so i went in my brain and i went way back to 2000 and both delvin and i were bright shiny second lieutenants in the united <laughs> states air force and delvin came and visited me at pope air force base north carolina and we went to Charlotte together for Heroes Con right about the exact same time this book was coming out. Dude, was that Heroes wow. Con? That was Heroes Con, Charlotte 2000. Lieutenant Williams and Lieutenant Albrecht went and had a good time. So that's the memory of this. Wow, how Thanks, awesome man. is that? I remember that, Um, yeah, y'all had an apartment at the time. Yep. Yeah. I, I I remember that, and I remember, um, of course, I didn't. I did not remember it was it was Heroes Con, but I remember um, seeing George Perez, which was really cool. Mm -hmm. They were coming out with Gorilla Comics. Ook ook, ook say ook. it with us. Say it with me. <laughs> did not work. It, it no, not at all. <laughs> yeah, good memory, uh, Jared. I, yeah, man, that's awesome. All right, very good. I think uh, my only memory, I don't think I was really, my comic book collection at the time may have been slowing down at that time with a child that was, I just had a, my first child. So, you know how that kind of happens where... Yeah, it turns out kids aren't a good <laughs> financial investment. <laughs> <laughs> well, now somebody tells me. Boy, no, just kidding. I love That's how I felt. <laughs> But I do remember, unfortunately, the Ricky Martin live in the Vida Loca 
for the 2000 that, that comes back to me because I this is a time when I was DJing at some of the local establishments in the city and so living La Vida Loca was like over and over I had to play that like every almost every hour or so somebody was asking for that song Ricky just, Martin was insanely yeah, popular was, so that's my memory down July 2000 lane there come on it's not a bad it's 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 an earworm and it's not a bad song it's no not, oh no, no i will say it is a toe tapper <laughs> easy watch out now <laughs> well with that why don't we get into the second story in this issue jason go ahead and give us the synopsis on that in the second story, The Mystery of the Thieving Thunderbolt, The Flash and Batman experience a Freaky Friday-like event that has them switch bodies with their arch-foes, the Penguin, and Mr. Element. With the villains in the heroes' bodies, they intend to lead an alien invasion of Earth and use the heroic reputations of Batman and Flash to help subjugate humanity. In a desperate attempt to prepare the people of Earth, Batman and the Flash concoct a plan to convince the public that the Crimson Crusader and Dark Knight have turned to evil. Without his Speed Force powers, Flash uses Mr. Element's chemical gun to commit robberies and create the illusion of a scarlet blur. While some in the city believe that the Flash has turned to a life of crime, there are others that remain unconvinced, such as his young partner Kid Flash. Refusing to believe that his hero has gone rogue, Kid Flash enlists the help of Ralph Dibney, a.k.a. Elongated Man. Ralph uses his superlative detective skills to find evidence of burnt magnesium at the crime scenes and deduces that they are actually searching for Mr. Element. Figuring that a charity gala will be the next target, Kid Flash and Elongated Man set their trap. When Flash attempts to rob the gala, he is ambushed by Kid Flash and Elongated Man. The Flash barely makes his escape, but has to use the powers of Mr. Element to do so. With the public no longer convinced that the Flash has turned to crime, how will our heroes prepare the people of Earth to resist the dastardly villains who have stolen their heroic forms? Stay tuned. Back to you, Pat. Thank you for that great synopsis. Let's go ahead and see what Delvin thinks of the story. Well, first, did we go over the creative team for this story? Why no, Delvin? We did not. Uh, someone should read that, right? I can read that. Go go right ahead. Yes, Delvin. Somebody <laughs> probably should. Go ahead. Brian Augustine did write this one, just like he wrote the first half of the book. This one was penciled and inked by Norm M. Effing Brayfogle. That might not be his middle initials. It was colored by Carla Feeney. It once again was edited by Dan Raspler. Ken Lopez dropped them letters. So very similar to the first story. I think they really only swapped out artists. Nice. I wanted someone to read that just so I could say, the Bray Hive is back! (laughs) 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 Your wish has been great. You and that Bray Hive. (laughs) That was a long setup, and I enjoyed every second of it. (laughs) The story started, and I was like, ooh, ooh, I like the start already. And then it was going, and I'm like, ooh, okay, I like the middle. And then I got to page 16, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I had to read it twice. I was like, uh, okay, uh, what? <laughs> what is, what the heck? What's, what's going on? There's a little cool shadow play on that there by, uh, by Norm, uh, showed Flash and the, uh, Batman in the background. That was cool. I'll say that I'm not the hugest fan of what Batman's plan was. In fact, 
the, the plan's an outright stinker. Just not good. Like, okay, we swap bodies. So now we have to trash our reputations. So everyone thinks we're what? Yeah, let's call that plan B. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know what, Batman? That's that's a nice plan. We'll put it here on the board, right here. And we're gonna go back and talk about other plans now. Now, guys, guys, we said no idea was too stupid or outlandish. <laughs> Just woo. My listen, goodness. Listen, he doesn't get a lot of sleep at nights, so you know. <laughs> and it shows. My oh my. What are the odds that Kid Flash and the Elongated Man are both redheads? That's just a lot of redheaded superheroes going on there. Um, <laughs> and I forgot or maybe never knew that the Flash had a secret identity. And I'm kind of glad that he doesn't because, I don't know, it just seems so silly that he would need one. And, which, of course, later, he you know, they got rid of. Everyone knows he's the Flash now. But at the time, they, they didn't. The secret identities back in the Silver Age uh, was a huge part of comic books so it was kind of cool that to at least read that he had to protect it because that's a throwback last uh, i thought it was pretty cool that a uh, flash even or barry allen without the flash powers was still pretty quick on his feet he, without powers he beat kid flash and elongated man which was like dang that was very inventive using his one of his villains devices to do so that was very very cool how he did that i just had to ignore the rest of it as far as like how it tied into some other storylines that was like because that that made what would have been a pretty awesome story kind of confusing let's go to pat pat what do you think um i like you began to enjoy the story as well until you got to that point of what was kind of happening I was kind of confused at that point as well. But I do like seeing the elongated man. I, again, was kind of interested to see him in a comic. I really don't remember reading one with him in it. So I liked him. Again, having what I've seen from the Flash TV series, I can see some of that character development there from where they get it from. Kid Flash as well. And I have not read a lot of Kid Flash. Kind of interesting there to, to kind of... like the yeah. Flash except... Yeah, but he's a kid, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 about it. You're caught up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I didn't know the Element Man. That's kind of cool costume. I think and what he can do with his gun. Seems like a lot of the Flash villains got guns that can do different cool things. Yeah. Um, when I first saw him, I thought it was like Sandman or something. And that's then... what I was thinking too. Oh, yeah. I like that shadowing part that Bray Fogle does when the Element Man and Penguin are talking like that. I had to double take on that and go, Oh, I see what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> definitely uh i I agree with you delvin on barry having to good thing that he's a chemist and that kind of a guy that he knows how to deal with these elements and what the element you know oh i can use this gun and it'll do this with the water or yeah all the different effects that he used to use his enemies tricks to make that work for him that was very cool idea batman oh what's going on there batman (laughs) You just kind of oh, <laughs> awful, awful plan. <laughs> Did you kill anyone, Flash? Well, no, I don't want to. <laughs> then you're not trying. Yeah, try harder. We only got so much time left. Other than that, it was an okay story. It is definitely you can definitely see the difference in the art style. To me, this is a little more, maybe even a little more modernized kind of storytelling of it as well, too. So the layout wise. So with that, why don't we see what Jared thought? 
I didn't read it. It never gets old. Uh, doesn't it? (laughs) We'll vote on it. This the vote's in, and (laughs) this is an interesting tale of, and I think you hit around this just a moment ago, Pat. The art almost, and this is Brayfogle, and I love Brayfogle. He's (laughs) top tier, if not number one for me. The art. I don't think served the story well, and before everyone lynches me, the art's great. But like Pat was saying, it's more modern, it's laid out more modern, so you lose the 60s vibe that we got in the last story. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of took me out of that. I, I kept thinking I'm reading this, you know, much more modern superhero story, but then I have to keep reminding myself, okay, that's Barry, and, and Wally's still a kid. And so while I love, I love, 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 love the art, it just... I don't think it fit well. I think the Ty Templeton old school look served the story better. Having said that, I thought this, just like you guys, thought the story was was interesting and, and compelling. I didn't know anything about, which is weird because I read a lot of Flash. Maybe I just forgot, but I didn't know a lot about Element Man. Is that right? Element mm-hmm. Man or Element Mr. Man? I think he was Mr. Mr. Element. Mr. Yeah, Element. That's Mr. Element. That's you. Mr. Element. <laughs> I didn't know much about him, but I agree. Element Man, if you're nasty. <laughs> Uh, so but yeah great costume design he has a neat costume design again didn't know much about him or anything i'm a big fan of elongated man so i was glad to see him show up you know he's a lot of fun with with he's basically is every bit the detective batman is but with a fun personality so that's always neat to, to see but other than that you know same thing i was clipping along great and then i was like wait the plan is what like i was befuddled <laughs> by the plan and i was like maybe i'm just too stupid to be in the justice league but i was like this plan doesn't seem great but again we're i assume we're jumping in at sort of a weird point uh i assume this is being carried over in other stories maybe there's more to it that i don't quite understand yeah weird plan but great art even though i don't know that it served the story well and we'll talk a little bit more about art in a minute but uh, those are my overall thoughts. Jason? Yeah, I, I agree largely with what uh, you both have said. I mean, as I read through this, I kind of felt like in a weird way, the same way when people ask me, well, what do you think about Star Wars The Last Jedi? You know, it's like, oh, you know, it was good. There's some things I like, some things I wasn't so sure about. But honestly, I won't know until the story's complete, you know, so it, it could it, it could. You know, be like, oh, I see where they're going with that now. Now that makes a lot of sense. Or it could be, uh, I, I didn't really care for it. And that's kind of where I am with this issue. I'm not really sure what happened before. So I'm not, I kind of got the gist of what was coming. And like I said, it was really hard for me to write the synopsis because it's basically heroes that are in the bodies of their villains who switch places with with the heroes so the villains are in the heroes somewhere and they're going to do something nefarious <laughs> to the point where batman's only recourse is to convince people that the heroes have turned bad but they're in the villains bodies so that makes it difficult to do yes and, and it's just like oh it's it, it's it, it's really kind of weird and confusing and really i thought how pissed must Batman be right now to be in the body of the penguin? <laughs> yeah. He's like, while you're out there, bring me some fish sticks. I don't know why, but I got a hankering for fish sticks. <laughs> no, no, man. He's <laughs> reveling in this. He's like, donuts. I'm going to eat as many donuts as I want. <laughs> you know, because Bruce Wayne don't get to eat donuts. He's like, That's oh, right. my God. Penguin's so going to come back into his body. He's like, I got diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. He, he, he already, he already had it. 
He already had diabetes. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there were some things I really liked about it. I, uh, you guys touched on it. Ralph Dibney, I really liked the sleuthing and him uncovering the, the clues to reveal that it's Mr. Element's power, at least, that's behind all the robberies. I liked the loyalty of Wally West, Kid Flash, mm-hmm. refusing to believe that his mentor has turned to evil. I thought that was really cool. And the rest of it, man, I guess I'll have to just read the rest of the story to find out where this falls. So I'm not going to say that I that I loved it or even really liked it. I'd have to reserve judgment by reading the rest of the story. All right. And that's what I got, Pat. Okay. Well, with that, let's talk about the story art. And we will begin with Delvin. So overall, I had no problem with the art. I thought the art was good, and I didn't. Damn even, right! I didn't even notice. I didn't even notice that it was not '60s style. And Jared brings up a very good point there. I just was enjoying just another. I I did just think the artwork was clean, like Ty Templeton's artwork was clean. I wasn't comparing or forgot about the whole Silver Age theme when I was reading the story. Jared, go ahead and. Uh, make your fantastic point that you had, knowing that it might get you kicked out of the Bray High. What? You spoke badly about well, Bray. Uh, I want to I want to be very clear. The art in the story is gorgeous. I will eat up Norm Bray Fogel's art all day, every day, twice on Sunday. I just thought the tone of it was weird because I'm so used to reading him as a, you know, late 80s into the 90s artist. So it kind of, I can't even remind myself, it's a Silver Age story. It's a Silver Age story. But his art is fantastic. Nobody draws motion and action like he does. And it's so, it's so simple. And that's not a ding. That's an absolute compliment. He's kind of like Tim Sale. that He can just use a couple lines and give you the most beautiful piece. So, yeah, I, I'll go on all night about it, but Norm Brayfogel, he's the man. Always was, always will be. Pat, thoughts on art? I agree with you guys, too. I really think the action shots are just drawn beautifully. You can really tell the motion, the action that's happening, uh, especially with Elongated Man. It looks so good. The, the characters, the faces perfect so i really don't have much to say about it i, I do agree it's not as silver agey but you can see the attempt that's trying to be done it's just not as seriously silver agey as the first story was jason how about you yeah i i mean i i'll rave on nor bray fogel as well he's one of my favorite artists and beyond being an outstanding artist, he is a superb storyteller. The way he lays out the panels, the way that he sets up his images. Really, this was a very confusing story for me to read, jumping in the middle of it. But his art made me understand what was going on. And I don't know if it was the writer that called for that uh, shadows of the Batman and Flash to be behind Penguin and Mr. Element. But that helped me visually because I, I was thinking, like, oh, I think they must have switched bodies or something, but I'm not really sure or if they're like in some sort of disguise for some reason. And then when I saw the the shadows that helped me understand it his action sequences are amazing i don't know if this was what they were trying to do with the series have have a series of books and had have two stories one to have a, a very old school silver age art and story and then the second part being part of a larger story set in the silver age but with a more modern flair i don't know if that's what they were going for again it's really hard for me to judge 
knowledge without reading the rest of the story arc. So you may have a point about Norm's art kind of bringing this out to the Silver Age theme, but I don't know. Maybe that was maybe that was the intent. It's just hard to say. I'm just going to say I, I I love Brave Fogel's art, and this issue is no exception. All right, very good. Now, why don't we get into the next segment? Jarrett, you can take us through it again. All right, everybody, get ready to pick your favorite page. You're going to take it out of the story, hang it on the wall. Let's go with my brother, Jason. What you going to take? Oh, man, I'm flipping through it right now. I'm I'm, I'm changing my mind back and forth. I'm going to take it all and leave none for you guys. No, um, (laughs) I'm going to say I like page 20. I like page 20 with Ralph Dibney and Kid Flash. uh, Kid Flash running through the costume of the Flash and then ending with with Elongated Man grappling with Mr. Element, who's really the Flash. So page 20. <laughs> Just page twenty. That's nothing wrong with that. That's that page probably has the most of that fluid Bray Fogel storytelling. So nothing wrong with that. What do you think, Delvin? I think uh, page 21. I just think that when Barry, as Mr. Element, shot Kid Flash with whatever that uh, the see Jen Gold that helped makes Elongated Man. And like yeah. and he, that 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 wacky page of like how he became elongated. And then made his escape. That was cool because I mean, it got to, it showed off the flashes or Barry Allen's quick wit, but it all, and ability, but it also showed Mr. Element's powers, which are kind of pretty. Pretty cool. So I like that page. Pat? I was just, I'm just going to say I was flipping back and forth between those two. That, that was a good page as well. Yeah. I was kind of torn between that page that you just mentioned, Delvin, or I like the last page of where you have the backgroundy, I don't know, if I don't want to call them shadows, but just, uh, you know, ghost-like figures of Flash and Batman. Nice, kind of yeah. Looking over Mr. Element and the Penguin, kind of in that same kind of pose, but just with the actual actual superheroes instead of the villain. So that's the page I like. Jared, how about you? Same page for me, Pat. I'm oh. never, ever going to pass up a Bray Fogle drawn Batman. Yeah. So I'll take it any way I can get it. And it doesn't hurt that we get that cool costume of Mr. Element. I really like it's very subtle. But in that very last panel, the way he drew Penguin, you can tell he's very like brooding and thoughtful. Again, mm-hmm. with just a couple little lines. It's so amazing mm-hmm. uh, what Norman Braveheart can do. So just that tiny little detail of the mood you get from the Penguin plus a, a Batman drawing by Braveheart. Can't pass it up. So good, <laughs> good, good choices all. Well, with that, I know we talked about our memories on the previous story. So let me ask you this. Since this is a longer part story, and at the end of this particular story, you have the Silver Age saga continues in Doom Patrol number one. Is anybody interested on moving on and kind of crusading through the rest of this Silver Age story? (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we've been set up. (laughs) (laughs) I'll, I'll, I will uh, answer is that. Any, I, is, is anybody interested in, in Sure. <laughs> I tell you, that this wasn't enough to grab me into, into reading more, but I will be interested in listening to the other podcasts. Yes. Carry, carry this Absolutely. So oh, I'll yeah. be more than happy to find out what happens that way. And then if that intrigues me, then I'll go back and read the, the books. This book was decent. It was okay. But it doesn't make me want to seek out more. Like, I got to read more now. I got other things that I'd rather be reading. Okay. Man, Jared. Knocking it down. Who inhabited you with all this (laughs) awesome words and and encapsulating things and 
stuff. <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> Delvin, how about you? 100% agree with Jared here. I'm looking forward to hearing what the other podcasters have to say about their parts of the story. And I, I will be listening to gain some insight and to maybe gain a little bit more motivation on reading the rest of the story. Jason, you there, buddy? It's not really enough to grab you. I can't really make a good judgment on it because uh, apparently you've got to tie in all of these books together. Would this one that kind of came in the middle of everything be enough to grab me? Probably not. But, you know, as we listen to the podcast, I might change my mind. Yep. Very good. Well, with that, does anybody have anything else? Anything more you want to talk about about this issue? I said what I meant and I meant what I said. I'll take that as a no. <laughs> In fewer words. Or I guess, how's that go? I meant what I said and I said what I meant. Weasel Skull's honest 100%. <laughs> Uh, I guess with that, that brings us to the end of this part of the show. So you got a comment or question, send us an email at contact at longboxcrusade.com or make a comment on the Twitter or Facebook page. With that, we will be right back. Will we be back in a flash? <laughs> we will be back in a flash. <laughs> Hello, Paul. Hello. I am Dr. Herfenstaffner. Come in, come in, please. Take a seat. Take a seat. What can I do for you today? I just, I just, I'm, I can't sleep. I, I, I can't focus on anything. The only thing I can think about is like DC events. DC events, as in the comic books. DC events. Yes, yes, the comic book events. Ooh, interesting. Uh, are we we talking things like Crisis on Infinite Earths? Yeah, yeah, totally. That one, yeah. Uh, Infinite Crisis. Yeah, yeah, that one too. Oh. Very, very... Invasion, maybe? Uh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the, uh, the Genesis? Uh, not so much. No? Oh. Okay, well, I think it's really good if you talk about the things that are troubling you in your life. So, maybe you should do a podcast about this obsession. What, what, what do you call this obsession? What do you think it is? I think you're a unique case. I've not seen anything like this before in my office. I'm going to suggest that you have what we call DCOCD. What? DCOCD? You are obsessive and compulsive about your DC events. I think you should talk it out, get it out of your system via a podcast. I will help you, my friend. We shall do a podcast together about your DCOCD. Oh, Okay. When I won't even start? charge you for it. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I don't think I can claim you on benefits. <clears throat> yeah, it's good. <laughs> when should we start? Um, I'll get back to you on that. I'll check my, I'll check my timetable. <laughs> cool. Welcome back from the break. Let's continue on with the show. Now it's time to scan through the featured issue of Silver Age Flash number one for the top ads that stood out to us in a segment called Add It Up. Here are the ads that stand out to us in this issue. We'll start with Jason. Well, there's a lot of video game ads in this one. <laughs> I was never really big in the video game world. 
old, I guess. If I had to pick one, you know what? Milk's good. I'm going to take that one on the back. The Batman got milk. That's that's my ad. That's a good one. That's yeah, good you one. fight crime, you got to keep your, you know, get your calcium. I remember at this time they were doing a lot of those milk celebrities ads. with the milk, and it was kind of neat to see Batman kind of treated as a celebrity. Because this was before, for all of our young listeners out there, this was back when you still had to look hard to find comic book t-shirts, okay? They're everywhere now. So when you saw, like, a Batman in an ad that was being filled by real celebrities, it was kind of exciting. Like, oh, superheroes in an actual big-time ad. Yeah, I mean, and considering this was 2000 and right after Batman Forever. <laughs> or Batman and Robin, actually. Best, yeah, <laughs> Batman and Robin. Dear God, Batman didn't even want to show his face. <laughs> That's why he's wearing a milk mustache, so you That's don't sure. know that it's Got Batman. It. I'm going to go to Delvin with a quick question about this ad. Any idea who drew this? Because I'm looking at it and it seems familiar, but it, it feels R- Ramita Jr.-ish. It feels... I don't don't know. know. I don't know either. It feels like I should know it, but it's maybe Graham Nolan. It does have a Graham Nolan vibe. You might be onto something. Anyway, I bet one of our listeners could tell us. Yeah. If you know who that new drew this milk, Batman got milk, be a dark night, drink chocolate milk. Let us know at contact at longboxcrusade.com. With that, go ahead and let's see what Delvin chose. Oh, Pat, I don't want to rob you. So go ahead. No, go ahead. If that's yours, take it. You no, know, I, I will. I'll I will go. With car, I will go with Cartoon Network instead. Thank you. Um, if for no other reason than I have watched hours and hours and hours of Cartoon Network. I don't know when Cartoon Network as a network started, but I know that Toonami was pretty cool. And looking there, is that Voltron? Yep. And well, I mean, well, it's, it says no, Gun- it's Gundam it says Wing. Gundam Wing, but I thought it was Voltron too. Yeah, um, nope. It's it's like so. Three out of four of these cartoons I've never really watched: Dragon Ball Z, Gundam Wing, and Ronin Warriors. But of course, I watch plenty of Thundercats, and Thundercats alone is cool enough for me to uh, like that uh, as my ad. Pat, are you up? Sure, I can go. And it's okay to we can all choose an ad that's the same. It's okay. I know. We just have, we just have I know, different but views on I, it. I want I wanted you to have all of the thunder. All right. Well, thank you. Uh, so my ad is going to be EverQuest: Runes of Canark. So I think that was one of the expansions to EverQuest. <laughs> Uh, I, I don't think I got that far into it. I was an original EverQuest player when it came out. Uh, I didn't get onto the further expansions. And so at this time, I, I dropped out of it. But I did like me some EverQuest. And still, to this day, I've, I've played many different MMORPGs. Warcraft is a big fave of mine as well. So, But I think, you know, it, it, I think EverQuest is a big... And one of those big players in the MMORPG area. I know some of my friends would play that as well, too. Anybody else play? Yeah, and I, I played. I played EverQuest for a few years. One of um, my best friends and roommate at the time got me into it. And I played I played for years and I went on many a raid. And sometimes just playing with him alone to get, you know, one various item or just leveling up on experience. So, yeah. Played a decent amount of EQ. Definitely in it for the grind. Yeah, I was a City of Heroes man myself. Yeah, that was one I always, I kind of wanted to try, but I never did. You would know, think, Jared, you were know. huge into that. I didn't know that you were, uh, Jason. Yeah, I played for, I played for several. I'm, matter of fact, I might have been the one that got Jared into it, or maybe we stumbled upon it around the same time, but Jared and I uh, teamed up on a couple episodes. Mm. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. 
my kids kind of cut their teeth on that. They both had characters in there as well. It was a grand old time. I wasted a lot of hours, uh, <laughs> years of my life in City of Heroes. Well, I'm a big sword and sorcery guy, so I think I, you know, that kind of area is what got me, and not the superhero side of it, but. Oh, I, th- I kind of think back. I want to try that. Maybe we should get a maybe we should get a superhero game MMORPG group going again. With our spare time, you know, yeah, with our spare time in between yeah. all the other things we're doing, let's do it. Yeah, I think our podcast might not come out uh, quite as <laughs> as frequently. <laughs> we still got to get that D and D game going together. So if anybody out there wants to, hey, I'm down nuts. with it, man. Yeah, if anybody out there wants to hear us do a D&D session, I'm willing to DM it and these guys are willing to play it. Let's hear from the fans and see what they think. Should we do it? Should we not do it? Oh, well, let's find out what Jared's ad is. What's your ad? Oh, well, honestly, I was kind of leaning towards the Dark Knight Milk and then and then I was like, well, if that one goes, I'll use the Toonami and then the Toonami went. And Jason's right. This is the age of video games. This is yeah. like every ad is for video games. I, I think I'm going to actually go back to Toonami, which is okay. odd because looking at the four shows they have lined up in the ad, Dragon Ball Z, Gundam Wing, Thundercats, and Ronin Warriors, I have seen zero of those shows. What stood out to me was the little robot robot guy because he was like their you know Man. between the shows ad kind of thing kind of bookending the shows and it was kind of how they were doing it they had some like really cool kind of spacey with heavy bass beats music that would mm-hmm. show up whenever he was yeah. on and they actually released all that music on cd and i have oh. that cd oh wow it's, it's it's a very interesting to listen to and i just really like it so that's kind of my tie to the toonami as i have all that music from that era of the toonami cartoon network so unoriginal but that's that's what jumped out at me oh no that's very cool very uh odd background on that yeah, I didn't even know it was a thing. I stumbled across it in the CD store and I thought, oh, I, this is cool and I, I enjoy it. Yeah. So if you out there have a comment on this, uh, let us know. Uh, you can email contact at longboxcrusade.com or comment on the Facebook or on the Twitter page. So now let's continue on with the next segment called Way Back in Time. Once again, it is time to take another revealing peek back into history. What famous date shall I set it to today, Mr. Peabody? July 2000. Got it. July 1st, Walter Matthau, American actor and comedian, starred in The Odd Couple, Bad News Bears, and first Monday in October, dies at age 79. Dang, he was awesome. Yeah, I think I read that with way too much enthusiasm. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't get to Uh, the dying He dies at 79. Yeah, I was was seriously thinking it's going to get an Oscar or something. He got a Lifetime Achievement Award, I think, that year. I do want to throw out a recommendation of a little-known... Walter Matthau movie. Check out Charade that he's in with Cary Grant. That movie is awesome, and he's in another really good obscure movie that a lot of people have seen called Hopscotch. So Hopscotch and Charade are on my recommendation list. Isn't he a grumpy old man? Yes, he was a grumpy old man, and no, I'm not making up those movies. It's my turn. July 8th, (laughs) Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, the fourth book in the series by J.K. Rowling, is published in the UK, that's United Kingdom for those not in the know, and the US. I read it. You're a wizard, Harry. (laughs) You've been at this wizard school for 17 years, Harry. (laughs) Are are you doing a Walter? You're thirty four year old. You're a thirty four year old college student, Harry. Get on with your life. Shut up. Shut, Shut up. up. <laughs> Potter. 
Shut up, Potter. Actually, I think that was the first Potter book I ever read. Then I went back and read the older one. Now you got me thinking about what it would have been like if Sean Connery had been one of the instructors. (laughs) (laughs) What don't you understand? I found the the cure for magic and now I've lost it. Have you ever lost anything, Dr. Bronx? Your purse, your car key. Your car key. It's rather like that. Now you have it and now you don't. Thank you. Thank you very much. Man. (laughs) It was my turn. I pulled a pat 100% there. All right. On July 10th, Coldplay releases their debut album, Parachutes. And I bet you Delvin has more on that than I do, because I couldn't name a single song off of that. But maybe if I heard one, I'd know. And everything you do. Yeah, it was all yellow. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. There we go. All right. There you go. Apparently, apparently, eventually it ran, won a Grammy Award. So... Good album, you, uh, 2002. There you go. On July 16th, Garfield cartoonist Jim Davis, 54, weds Jill Davis. Congratulations. Wh- where is Jim Davis from, Jason? Indiana. What city? <laughs> Muncie. Very good. Muncie, Indiana. Jason okay. used to live in the same town as Jim Davis. Ah, interesting. All right. Looks like I'm up on July 20th, the 33rd San Diego Comic-Con International opens at San Diego Convention Center. You know what this reminds me of? Remember that Peter David uh, had written the Captain Marvel Mm -hmm. comic Mm -hmm. series, Mm -hmm. and there was one where this ancient god um, needed to be resurrected. (laughs) And he needed the death of like a thousand virgins. So, so, so they, yes. they, they attacked the San Diego Comic Con. <laughs> oh, is there a better writer than Peter David? I there, think not. not. Not many. Not many. <laughs> Peter David loves his candy crush, just so you know. Oh, hey. He should reach out to him, Pat. Yes, yes. When I saw him at Dragon Con, that's what he did pretty yeah. much all day, every day at Dragon Con. All right. Peter David, if you're listening, pay attention to our closing end. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Moving on, uh, July 23rd, the 129th British Golf Open. Tiger Woods shoots a 269 uh, at <laughs> Royal Lytham. Uh, let's see. Doing some good? Quick, doing some quick math. If it's up... Um, 72 holes, 72 times, no. Divide divide 269 by 72. (laughs) No, not divide 269 by 72. I think um, you go 18 holes, right? 18 holes, yep. Par for those holes are usually uh, 72. Uh, So 72 times 4, 288. 288 minus 69, that's like 19 under. My math, my math. I don't know enough about golf. To debate you, but I just so, want to know why you keep getting the British ones on this list. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I knew I got Harry Potter. I sang Coldplay, and now, <laughs> <laughs> and now I have a 19 under par, um, which is ridiculous for um, four rounds of golf. So Tiger Woods did that. Tiger, Tiger Woods, y'all. All good, y'all. Tiger Woods, y'all. <laughs> July 23rd, speaking of sports, the Tour de France was the 87th Tour de France, and I guess the win that went to Lance Armstrong has been vacated. So, drugs. (laughs) Save us, Pat. Yeah, so on July 29th, American actress Jennifer Aniston, 31 at the time, weds actor and film producer Brad Pitt, 36. 
in That'll a private ceremony in Malibu, California. Yes. That's that level lasts forever. Or until Angelina Jolie hits the <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, well, speaking of a Jolie, movie person, Jolie, 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 I'm begging you, please don't take my man. <laughs> what is he doing? Jolene, Jolene, please. All right. It's a country song. The Let's dark get in- web didn't have to tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for getting my back, Delvin. Anytime, man. Anytime. Well, guys, let's get into the movies at this time. So coming out around on July of 2000, let's take a look at the movies. The first one on our list on July 7th is All the Rage. Uh, and it raged in with $9,268. I've never heard of that movie. Uh, got nothing on that. Yeah. <laughs> next. So uh, the next movie is, I believe it's a porn, but I'm a cheerleader. No, it's a comedy. It's a comedy. <laughs> But I'm a cheerleader that somehow made two million two hundred five thousand dollars. Got nothing. Yay! Got nothing. Me neither. <laughs> Jason's cheerleading it though. Uh, the next movie down is called The Kid. It's a comedy that raked in almost seventy million dollars. If I'm not mistaken, I think it starred Bruce Willis. But it did. All I got on it. It did. I've seen that movie. I think oh, I okay. actually got the DVD. No, I've never seen it, but I, I know. You have it on Laserdisc? I think it was a somewhat of a Disney movie, I thought, that I made, made right. up the kid. No, I don't have it on Laserdisc. It wasn't Laserdisc worthy. Uh, next on the list is Scary Movie. Yes. Oh, I think I, I saw it, that in the theater. Yeah. That movie was freaking hilarious. So they came out with like 30 of them. Charity movie, yep. I remember that one. Dang, it raked in. Oh, this is your movie, so you tell them what it raked in. No, it uh, raked money. in one... Hundred and fifty-seven million. Yeah, let's just say that. One hundred and fifty-seven yeah. million. Over one hundred fifty-seven million. Over. Yeah. Well, the one that I got didn't do quite as well. Is uh, <laughs> is a drama called Shower, and uh, <laughs> movie cover showered one million one hundred fifty-seven thousand seven hundred sixty-four dollars on it. I thought it may have been Shower, which is just gross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, another porn, I guess. <laughs> so what you're saying is uh, Shower took a bath. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, shower got took to the cleaners. <laughs> good luck, Delvin. <laughs> you know what, dude? I I actually have this one. Really? It's, yeah, I have this. Not no, not, not, I don't actually own it. I'm saying oh. I can pronounce. pronounce it. Okay. Yes. Let's see. The next movie is La Vie Après L'Amour. That's very good, Delvin. La vie après l'amour. Not going to bode well for me in a second. It's <laughs> life after love. In yes, I knew that. Oh, wow. I, was oh I stole oh. your thunder. You oh, did. Sorry. You thought oh, you son of a. The one part he prepared for. <laughs> and well, I jumped him. And that is a French movie. It is also a porn. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of pornos in 2000. <laughs> it's a comedy, and it made $1,795,000. <laughs> okay, well, moving on to July 12th, we have another French porn called Gauté d'Aux sur Paris, and it was uh, made 87,000 francs. <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce that. I don't care. It didn't make any money. Let's move on. Let's move on. And move, speaking Pierre. about moving on, yeah, it is July 14th. We have Chuck and Buck, a drama. That's about it. Porn. Porn. Move on. 
Got nothing. <laughs> Man, the French were just cranking them out this year. La debanda day. La debanda day. La band-aid. I don't know. But it only made $4,728, so no one cares. I paid more than that on eBay last month. <laughs> <laughs> Next, we have uh, the five senses. Oh, that's uh, Bruce Willis. And it's got that kid who can see dead people. No, no. Oh, you no, no. You're one cent <laughs> off. You're one cent yeah. off. <laughs> you need one more sense. Jokes, jokes, jokes. Uh, and this five, one's a musical. The Five Senses was a musical. It made almost $500,000. <laughs> the next movie up is called Jungle. It made nothing. Well, 54000 right. Never heard of it. Got nothing. Welcome to the jungle. Uh, next is Mookie. Got nothing on that. Moving on. Oh, well, the next one is The Night Larry Kramer Kissed Me. Ooh. Tell us about that. Tell us about that, Jason. How was that? Uh, it cost him $16,280. No kissing. Uh, the next movie uh, is a Tom Petty biopic. You don't have to live like a refugee. Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> It was a drama. It made almost $600,000. Never heard of it. All right. Never heard of it. Uh, next up, Shadow Hours. Uh, and it made almost forty grand. Never heard of it. Moving on. Next, we have Sweet Game. <laughs> Got nothing. <laughs> it made less than $1,000. <laughs> Why is it on this list? I don't know. That's where I got it from. From the list I get. Some, oh, somebody's got a good one. Oh, I know, and it's not me. I got wisdom of crocodiles, and it's shedding some crocodile tears to the tune of twenty one thousand four hundred four dollars. Well, a crocodile is a reptile, and the toad is an amphibian. And you know what happens, you know, to a toad when it's hit by lightning? It makes one hundred fifty seven million two hundred ninety nine thousand <laughs> seven hundred seventeen dollars. Same thing as everything else. <laughs> the X-Men, the action thriller, made the number that Jason just made. It was uh, quite a successful movie. Yep, yep. You know, it made just a little bit more than Scary Movie, though, if you look at That's it. Weird. Yeah, it did. Just That's a little bit more. Was, was running pace with X-Men. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, on July 19th, uh, a movie called The In Crowd, which is a thriller suspense film, made about five million bucks. I feel like I vaguely know about that movie, but I never saw it. Can't say that I remember anything about that, but maybe perhaps somebody knows something from July 21st on Alice It Martin. I suspect this is another French one. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's probably Alice A. Martin. Ooh, we. Ah, at least Abe Martin. There you go. All right, got nothing. It didn't really get anything either. Oh, I got a documentary here, mixing it up. Benjamin Smoke. It's the story of um, that guy, Benjamin Smoke. Uh, (laughs) You know the one. Mm-hmm. How much? Like, how much would you pay to see that? <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd pay a Benjamin. Uh, <laughs> and a, apparently, uh, not too many people did pay. They, they, it only raked in thirty six thousand eight hundred and seven dollars. Uh, coming up next, we have uh, Criminal Lovers, which I believe is a porn set in prison. <laughs> <laughs> Why is everything a porn on this? You guys? I don't know. Yeah. Criminal lovers. Oh, man. That's, that's we what are. we are. 
<laughs> Criminal Lovers made just over 50000 bucks. Kicking off another documentary, we have The Eyes of Tammy Faye. I bet it's about Tammy oh. Faye Baker. It made about a million dollars. Oh, there you go. Well, uh, next is The Loser. It's a romantic comedy. I got nothing on that. So, I'm a loser, baby. I'm a loser, baby. So why don't you kill me? Fucking with the cheese whiz. All right. Oh, I, I took my kids to see this next one. It's uh, it is my turn, right? Or yeah. My, or, uh, my jumping turns. Okay. It's uh, Pokemon 2000, uh, and it raked in forty three million seven hundred forty six thousand nine hundred and twenty three dollars. And there is nothing of any moral value to those <laughs> movies whatsoever. But you got to catch them all. Quality time with your friend with your family. Well, I took my niece and nephew to go see Rafifi. <laughs> I don't know what the hell Rafifi is. It made 471000 bucks. I got another got junk one. I got a movie called Spent. And apparently, it's porn. <laughs> apparently, they didn't. They, they, no one spent any money on it because it only made ten grand. Oh, I actually saw the next movie. Who's going oh. next? I got the next one, and the next one is What Lies Beneath. It's a thriller suspense. Was that the Harrison Ford one? It is. I I was going to say, I think I vaguely remember. I haven't seen it, but I kind of remember the trailers, at least something about it. I did see that one. I don't remember a whole lot about it. I remember the lady getting attacked by the ghost in the bathtub. Yeah, yeah. That was Michelle Pfeiffer, I think. In the shower? Yeah, she was. Well, she was taking a bath. Uh, So it wasn't the movie shower. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's another uh, one close to my heart. The Grant really liked uh, Thomas, the tank engine. Uh, it's Thomas and the Magic Railroad. And uh, it's made $15,911,332. The uh, next movie uh, is Girl on the Bridge. And a little known fact, the girl who was on the bridge is Emmanuel, because this also is a board. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Uh, Pat, Pat, you just edit out all the ones that we talk about porn because they're not good movies anymore. Yeah. <laughs> just so oh. you folks know, not all the movies that we go over are. <laughs> Actually, I don't think any of them are, but. <clears throat> just the ones in 2000. Oh, the girl on the bridge was a romantic comedy and it made $1,713,000. Yeah, I got another horse French movie. It doesn't matter. It only made six grand. Let's move on. <laughs> All right. With that, then I got Nutty Professor 2, The Clumps. Hey, sure. yeah, I saw that one. German, 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 German. I, I haven't seen that one. Hercules, Hercules, Hercules. That one had Janet Jackson in it. Listen, Jackson. Oh, yeah. Not, yeah. Double shout out. Not good in that. Oh, this is. Oh, sorry. I was going. Uh, are we done with Nutty Professor 2? No, not 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 quite. They they gave Janet Jackson like you know that classic line of you know you walk over but you limp back, and, <laughs> and you can and you can tell she was clearly reading it from the cue cards like you'll walk over but you'll limp back, <laughs> <laughs> and you just wanted to smack her. Just oh, sorry. Okay, now we're done, Jason. Okay, because mine is uh, the wind will carry us. It made two hundred fifty-five thousand five hundred sixty-eight dollars. We we end this this wonderful journey uh, with the movie Wonderland, starring 
I'm kidding. No one knows who it was starring because no one watched this movie. Uh, I might have seen it. <laughs> who was in it? Do you know? I think I think it's a wonder. No joke. No joke, Pat. <laughs> nice, Pat. I think it was Val Kilmer, and I think it's a movie about John John Holmes, the porn star. And I'm not joking this time. Oh my god! I have to I've, look it. I'm looking it up now. I've seen a movie called Wonderland that had Val Kilmer playing John Holmes, and it came out about this time. So that might be it. Let's see. The only Wonderland I have uh, is a, listed as a 2003 movie. Is that the one with Val Kilmer in it? In the police investigation of a brutal crime scene, one man was at the center of it all. <laughs> Legendary porn star John. Oh. <laughs> I'm not that's making not it the, up. That's not this so movie. I told you that I wasn't making up. I told you the plot. Right. But this Wonderland is uh, predates that by three years. This is yeah, different Wonderland, but. Somehow hilarious that porn <laughs> was tied into it. I'm, I, wasn't, I wasn't making it up. I've seen it. My, my day is made. All right. Well, I think before we get any more deeper into the hole we are in, <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's go ahead and get to our top three songs. I once saw a movie called Deeper Into the Hole. On yeah. Let's, <laughs> porn? let's get into the top three songs according to Billboard at this time. Let's go ahead and, and Jared, tell us what number three was. Number three was I Turn to You by Christina Aguilera. I wonder what that sounds like. Here, let me play it for you. From the storm for a friend, for a love to keep me safe and home. I turn to you for the strength to be strong. Let's get into the number two song, and that was Try Again by Aaliyah. At number one, and number one is drumroll, please be with you by Enrique Iglesias. That's all I got. Well, that brings us to the end of this part in the show. Got comment or questions? Send us an email at contact at longboxcrusade.com. You can also follow and leave a comment on Twitter at Longbox Crusade. We'll be right back. To tell you the story of Green Lantern is to tell you the story of the birth of a universe. The origins of DC as a whole. It's a magic emerald meteor from space in the 1940s. It's the establishment of the JSA. It's the birth of the Silver Age. It's the introduction of a universal police force. It's the formation of the JLA. It's the emergence of the multiverse. It's a crisis in both space and time. It's an emerald dawn. And it's an emerald twilight. It's the brightest day. 
and The Blackest Night. And the Lantern cast covers all of this and everything in between. We're Green Lantern's greatest advocates and fiercest critics. We've been fans for years, and it's the reason we're self-proclaimed Lanternologists. So find us on iTunes and Stitcher and give us a listen. Because the history of Green Lantern really is the history of the DC Universe. And we've got the interviews, commentaries, reviews, and more to back it up. Welcome back from the break. Now let's get to the feedback part of the show where we share your comments, emails, questions, likes, and shares in a segment called Crusader Comments. Please take a moment to write a review on iTunes for this podcast. Even if you just want to keep it short with like star ratings, it helps raise the profile of the show and we will share your review on the next show. Social media likes, shares, and retweets we got from the last episode come from Aaron Head Moss, Al Sedano, Alan Middleton, Bob Buster, <laughs> Brent C. Mackey, Chris at BTO and Bat Books. Thank you, Chris. And we have Clinton Robinson. Strangely enough, we also have coffee and comics. I think those two are connected. They are. Ah, I think so. I I recognize uh, those two things. Dave Maynard. Thanks, Dave. Uh, We also have for the non-discerning reader. Oh, this is going to be a tough one. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to apologize in advance. Gautam uh, Shiran. Is that? close well thank you thank you for listening sure we appreciate it gautam then we have huey's comics from huey's comics thanks, thanks huey. huey we got the itg blogcast at itg blogcast i like how that works i'm the gun i'm the gun <laughs> oh i am the gun yeah i've listened to that podcast i don't know i was thinking ig88 but there's <laughs> t in there <laughs> <laughs> no way our old friend downtown jeffrey brown we appreciate it jeff We've got uh, the man without fear, Jim, at Canadian Canada Daredevil. Oh, do we have Canada Daredevil jokes today? Have we done? Uh, have we done his his lovely Matt, girlfriend, Matt uh, Karen LePage? <laughs> LePage. Oh, no, that's a good one. Uh, Karen LePage. Foge uh, Nelson. <laughs> that was Snowy Nelson. Snowy Nelson. That's right. That was Snowy Nelson. Yes, anyway, we lo- we love you, Canada Daredevil. <laughs> then we have. Iowa's very own Joe Crawford. Thank you, Joe. Oh, and Joe Crawford. Oh, I'm proud that I got this one. This is my buddy, Ken Solo. If you ever get any of these cool uh, art pieces that I sell at my shows, Ken does a lot of my digital color work for me. Uh, he's done some logo work for us on the uh, Crusader Chronicles logo. That's That was a Ken. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so, a banging logo work. And man. so we yeah. we love Ken on the show, and I love Ken in my art life, so I'm glad he's with us. Woohoo! Yay, Ken. And then we have Kirk Spencer at the Big Five Army. Thanks, Kirk. Thanks, Kirk. Thanks, Kirk. And hard to follow that, but uh, we do appreciate your uh, your likes, shares, and retweets there, Mr. M. Anthony Harardo. Rico. And uh, we have uh, Martin Gray. Thanks, Martin. Sir Martin. Gray. Sir Martin yep. of Gray. Well, then we have Michael Allen Carlisle. That's right. You got it, Pat. You got it in one. I did it. You got it in one. Woo-hoo. Michael Allen Carlisle, who goes by Matt, as he's ready to turn off the back. And we have Mike Peacock. We're proud as a something to have you as a listener, Mike. Mm. Thanks, Mike. Next, we have Pablo F. Pablo. At 
I think it's Pablo F. 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 Okay. Thanks, Pablo. And then we've got uh, Ruth and Darren at Rad Adventures at Rad underscore Adventures. Thanks, Ruth and Darren. Then we have Robert E. Mans. Mansberger. Mansberger. You got it. Yeah. Mansberger Jr. Thank you, Robert. And we have. Ruth Sutherland. Sweet Ruth. We love you. And finally, there's Ryan Daly. Thanks for listening, Ryan. Thanks, Ryan. Thank you, Ryan. And you'd have you know, at the moment we're recording this, it is 11 minutes till midnight. So we've almost reached uh, the, podcast. the podcasting podcast hour. All right. We got some social media comments this week for uh, for the ch- Checkmate issue, right, fellas? We're talking Checkmate. Yeah. Okay. And uh, Huey's Comics, Huey's Comics chimed in and said, damn you guys, now I got to find the rest of the run. One down. Uh, and that's what we're going to say. Welcome to the Crusade, Huey. He's talking about trying to find some Checkmate comics. Oh, yeah. Read them all, dude. Read them all, Huey. <laughs> <laughs> find them all. And find them all and read them all. Aaron Moss? Oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, it looks like Aaron Moss jumped in from the Headcast Network and said, another great episode. Thanks for having me. Who's Aaron Moss? Thanks for being on here. Who's that? Was was that that guy that kept jumping on? I think we kept trying to push him off, but somehow he (laughs) got onto our feed. He seemed to know a lot about Checkmate, though. So so Yeah, we let him hang out. So you had having him. It was a lucky find there, I think. Yeah, no, in all seriousness, man, the dude knew a lot about Checkmate and uh, really helped clarify some things for me uh, while we were doing the show. So it was really good having him on. Thanks for being on. Aaron? Then we have uh, another comment from Professor Allen, and he says, I have not listened to this episode yet, but I'm really looking forward to Glad to see you covered Checkmate. You know what? They could really be an analog to Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. No, sounds like uh, Professor Allen's a little bit of a (laughs) (laughs) What do you think? (laughs) I'm just kidding, Alan. Yes, I know. He's just jumping on the beat-up Jason train. Yeah, just just pile on, Alan. Just pile (laughs) on. Thank you for listening. Glad you got that joke. (laughs) So everybody dogpile Jason for missing the dog. I better catch I better catch this next one here because this one's directed at me uh, again. Uh, is is somebody somebody in quotes? And I think he's talking about me. Really going to Rose City Comic Con, or is it just fan lip service? Huh? Huh? Uh, that's directed at Weasel Skull. And I don't know, man. Rose City Comic Con's a, a game time decision. You know what I'm saying? So uh, yeah, last year I wasn't planning to go, but then. Um, my son came down from Bellingham, and uh, so we made a last-minute decision to go. Again, I apologize. Huey was going to meet you. Yes, there. I know. I, I wasn't. You I, just totally blew him I off. Wasn't Jason's not get... ready for the fame. I, I'm not, man. <laughs> I'm just. <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead and read another comment we got from Dave Collins because he really likes my Bryant Gumble voice. I'm going to do it in him Bryant Gumble voice. He said, "Uh, yeah, I'm uh." I'm really pissed off at you guys because uh, I just spent 30 minutes looking online for copies of Checkmate. Uh, you're not supposed to. You're you're supposed to use your power responsibly and not talk me into buying more comics. So apparently we got into his blood. Sorry about that. <laughs> That's also my Kermit the Frog. Yeah. First similar. hit, first hit's free. <laughs> yeah, your first hit's free. <laughs> now you gotta pay. That's gonna cost you. Glad to help you out there. Yeah, and we appreciate you you uh, stumping for the show the way you do. Yep, thank you, Dave. Next we have Ryan Daly, and Ryan's gonna jump on the bandwagon too, <laughs> as you'll find out when I read this. So Ryan says, "All during this episode, I keep thinking that Checkmate would make a good TV series, like DC's answer to mm, I don't know Night Court, maybe." <laughs> 
Well, at least Ryan's original. I'll give him that. <laughs> yeah, he put a spin on it. Yeah, yeah. All right. Thanks, Ryan. Keep them coming. What else we got? That's it for today. That's it. So with, uh, with that, then, thanks for oh, wait, everyone for on. the follows. I found one more. It said, I like you guys' show. I really like Jared's comic book, Hamilton vs. Burr, a werewolf tale, now available on Kindle for just three ninety nine. You should all go out to Kindle to buy Jared's awesome comic book. This is a real comment, not Jared just making this up to advertise that his comic book is available on Kindle for just three ninety nine. That's Hamilton versus Burr. I have a feeling this is real-time news. <laughs> I think I could hear the keystrokes in the background. It's 44 pages with no ads. It's a pretty fun story. This is all a comic That it is. That it comic. is. It is a good story. It is a really good story. It's got good art. And, uh, yeah, it's it's three ninety nine well spent. Thanks, everyone, for the follows, likes, shares, comments. And for those of you who stopped by Kindle to purchase Hamilton vs. Burr, a werewolf tale. It's only $3.99, 44 pages and no ads. We appreciate your friendship and help in spreading the word about our podcast. And Jared's book. <laughs> well, that's going to be the show. But before we go, let's tell you where to tune into next for the next JL May podcast crossover event. Jared, who's next on that list? I'm glad you asked. The next comic that will be covered will be the Silver Age Green Lantern. And you can catch that over at Lantern Cast. So I'm certain the Lantern Cast guys are going to do Green Lantern some justice. And they'll probably do it in a shorter amount of time than we do our show. <laughs> <laughs> They're very good over there, Chad and Mark. Good luck, Chad Looking and Mark. Looking forward to forward it. to that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. What, what's that word? Uh, uh, professional. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what does that mean? These I don't nuts? know. I don't know. People keep saying we should be more of it, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> These nuts. We look. Mary Jane got... says no. Ah, <laughs> uh, silly boys. <laughs> Comics are for ah. kids. Uh, with that, though, we do look forward to uh, hearing the rest of the others involved in this podcast extravaganza called the JL May. And here is a list of the other podcasts involved. Justice First Dawn will cover Silver Age number one. Fire and Water will cover Secret Files. Professor Allen on the Shortbox Showcase will cover Challengers of the Unknown. Coffee and Comics to cover Justice League of America. Supermates will cover Teen Titans. Idol Head of Diablo to cover Dial H for Hero. Waiting for Doom will cover Doom Patrol. Longbox Crusade to cover The Flash. Lantern Cast to cover Green Lantern. Batgirl to Oracle will cover Showcase. Comic Reflections will cover The Brave and the Bold. And finishing it off will be Cosmic Treadmill, covering the 80-page giant. Once again, we want to thank Paul Hicks from the Waiting for Doom podcast for bringing us along on this special adventure. Thank you, Paul. Yeah, thanks, Paul. This has this been great. And we want to give a big thanks to all the other podcasters involved. Uh, we definitely have fun talking to you in the chat groups and having fun making the promo. Do uh, they know it's JLMA at all? See, there we go. Wait, I might even play just our version of it at the end. So, <laughs> oh lord. <laughs> so I want the I want the Mary Jane. Stay tuned only for that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again, folks, for listening. Uh, if this is your first time, we invite you back again to. Listen to us ramble on about comics, as we do here on the Longbox Crusade. Otherwise, we have Crusader Chronicles, which is our chronological comic review as we're going through my comic collection from the early... 
19 or the mid 1970s uh, and moving on up through there. Uh, right now, we're currently in the Spider-Man X-Men area, so give us a listen to that. Uh, and more comics will be added soon as we grow more into that. Uh, then we have some other shows. Jared, why don't you tell us about our other shows? Yeah, no problem, no problem. I'm enjoying the Spider-Man X-Men. So where are we, what are we about, 1975 or so in your collection? Somewhere yeah. 75, 76. Yeah, yeah, 76. Yeah, we're in that ballpark. Anyway, uh, where you can also find us over at On Her Majesty's Secret Podcast. Uh, we do our James Bond show as Jason and I are big longtime Bond fans. We take Pat and Delvin, who aren't terribly familiar with the franchise, through it one movie at a time. That's a lot of fun. And there's other, that's not the only show on that channel. There's other shows uh, that you mm-hmm. can enjoy, but that's what our crew does. And we also do, you know what? Jason never gets to pump a show. So, mm-hmm. you know what, Jason, I'm going to pass it off to you to talk a little bit about Saturday Matinee Theater. Oh, thanks, Jared. Yeah, Saturday Matinee Theater. It's uh, one of my favorites where we're going through uh, the old school classics, both film and television series. Right now, we're kind of fixated on the 1954 Sherlock Holmes series, uh, which we're having a great time watching those films and uh, and discussing those episodes. But we've also got some plans for, you know, maybe some old Batman serials and, and some old black and white movies from yore. And uh, yeah, so. Yeah, Daisy Yore. Yep. So so that's a lot of fun. So yeah, give us a listen to Saturday Matinee Theater. I think you'll have a good time. Great. Well, with that too, why don't we find out where the listeners can find us if they want to chat with us on the internet webs out there. Jason? Thanks, Pat. If you're on Twitter, you can find me at Weasel Skull, and that's one word. Uh, if you're on Facebook, I'm at Jason Albrick, and Albrick is spelled A-L-B-E-R-I-C-H. That's Al B. Rich. And I'm also Jason Albrick on Instagram. Jared, how about you? You can check me out on Twitter at Yard Sale Artist, or you can check me out on Facebook. I'm also Yard Sale Artist. And if you're interested in checking out my arts, do so and come find me at one of my cons. And if you want to know where those are, my pinned tweet or my pinned Facebook post have all my upcoming convention appearances. So stop by and say hi. I always give out freebies to people who stop by and say hi that know us from the podcast. Very, very cool. Delvin, how about you? Hey, you can find me on Twitter at DE underscore RAY1977. We'll love to chat with you. Awesome. And you can find me on the Twitter at Cristato01. You can also find me, as I mentioned earlier before, on Candy Crush Saga. Please look me up there. I am Cristados there as well. Um, if you're not into that game and maybe you're playing Heyday instead, you can find me there as well, too, as Cristados Farm. Look me up. Let's play together. <laughs> that never makes, that always makes me laugh. <laughs> so weird. I want you to get that soundbite from uh, from Pet Cemetery when when little Gage goes. I want to play with you. Like, Do you want to play with me? Like you, 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 you live in Wisconsin, couldn't you go just do actual farming? <laughs> Too cold. Too cold. Man, that's a point. Man, if you start candy crushing with with Peter David, I'm going to be impressed. Yeah, Peter David, if you're listening, make sure you check me out on the Candy Crush. Let's let's crush it, as Cristados. Let's, let's crush it. With that, thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode of The Longbox Crusade, this special episode of The Longbox Crusade. Got a comment or question? Email us at contact at Longbox Crusade or leave a comment on the Facebook or Twitter page. So until next time, take care, and please join us on the next episode as we continue on the crusade to find out what's, what's, in, what's in your longbox. Long what is in your longbox? What What's is in, in your long box? What oh. is in your long box? No. What's in your long box? Making me thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. Because I'm
another book today to help me pass the time here while I wait. Yes, and I will wait. Okay, you've already said that about 12 times. I will wait and wait and wait and wait and wait. Cause I'm a waiter. I'm a waiter. Songs, song clips, and characters discussed are copyright of their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. We make no money on this podcast, and it is for entertainment purposes only. We are just fans that like to share our love of comics. Outtakes. I don't read scripts. Scripts are for suckers. <laughs> what do you mean? You write? You wrote? Look, we're talking about you, Pat. Not talking about me. Okay? <laughs> Shut up. Now I gotta wait. I got your. Long. I got oh, your overnight man. right so here. <laughs> these nuts. nuts. Overnight me these nuts. <laughs> He satisfies my oh. needs. <laughs> Uh-oh, MJ. Then you ever MJ's been. back. Fan favorite. <laughs> Sat at her table, which was just a stone's throw from mine, and I'm kind of watching. I'm like, oh, there's, there's a lot of wood. That's super cool. And I'm kind of like playing, like, how am I going to go over there and break the ice, the conversation, and all that jazz, and without looking like too too much of a super fanboy, which I am, you know. So, And as I'm sitting there plotting it out, and scheming and thinking, she just goes from across the room, she goes, Jared, Jared, come here. <laughs> <laughs> How she know this your is name? Surprisingly easy. It's on the restraining order. Yeah, it's on. The restraining order. <laughs> Come on, man. We've appeared in court together many times. Her and I. What are we oh, that was not bad. You know what you're better at? Yeah, toy show. It says Dairy Con toy show. They're still trying to milk that idea. <laughs> I don't know. I said Sounds it, it's for cheesy. people, Transformers. I'm like, oh. But I, I, I literally was going to say that, Jason, and I thought better of it. Uh, can't stop me. You can't stop the Judgment weasel. Because the weasel don't stop. Right, that was yeah. so cruel. They use that to suck people in. It's like, oh, it's going to be like Transformers. And then, <laughs> oh, it would have been better with the trailer. He was like, "This is gonna suck balls." <laughs> <laughs> Roll out! I have you ever wanted hip hop robots? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> well, too well, bad. Go. <laughs> I speak of the jive slang. Oh, God, Shut up! up. <laughs> you, you gotta whatever catchphrase that I, I don't have. <laughs> You got to do that. You got to these nuts. I don't know. That's right. If all else fails, a these nuts joke will always land. Saves every program. (laughs) Yep. And if you really got to whip it out, do it in Mary Jane's voice. (laughs) These nuts. I may be an asshole, but I'm an accurate asshole. (laughs) Delvin, what did you bring? Wit and sarcasm. Well, yeah. Nicely done in a sarcastic way. <laughs> we are professional podcasters, and we mean businesses. <laughs> All right, Bye. I'll try. I'll do my yes, best. Yes, there my we best. go. Do it live. That's all I like to hear. Do it live. Do it live, right. Pat. On Let's three. One, two, three, <laughs> go. It's JL May. We're covering the Silver Age. This JL May, a fifth week event from Mark Wade. We're crossing over our podcast. There's 12 of us involved. Get it in your ear holes. This JL May.
it's not great, but it's okay. Yeah, we really have to warn you. It has to come to on. Where Marvillo wrote the leak. But it also has some good stuff. Teenage Titans, Dial H Metal Men. Challengers of the Unknown. Green Lantern Flash Patrol of Doom. Seven Soldiers of Victory are in there too. Do you know it's JLMA at all?